ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. Hey guys, and um, welcome to season two's finale recap episode. How the time flies when you're having fun, when you're having a fond romp down memory lane, actually. But fear not. We have a very exciting episode coming out next week. A super special guest. I don't think you guys are going to want to miss this. Super fun interview. Um, So make sure to tune in next Tuesday as well. And do not worry. There's plenty more where this has come from. And please continue to follow us on Instagram and TikTok and rate, review, subscribe. Um, We're getting close to the 100 written reviews mark on Apple Podcasts. So uh, don't forget to keep submitting those. We love reading them. Um, Even like critical ones. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Feedback feedback is good. (laughs) We love feedback. Yeah. Four stars and feedback is totally fine. Five stars, even better. Okay. Well, Today we are talking about season two, episode 22, At World's End. And the original air date for this episode was June 15th, 2009. It was directed by Michael Lang and written by Patrick Sean Smith, Roger Grant, and Jessica O'Toole. The IMDb summary is the fallout from the float prank leads the Capitao house to plan a party. This episode is, I think, the best one yet. I was just going to say, I think this is my favorite episode. And the it budget, is, you can tell, is high. And also just, oh, I don't want to like give it away, but after talking to the special guest we have on next week, I feel like I'm looking at this episode as a mini 80s movie. Mm-hmm. That's how it reads. That's the pace. Like, that's, it's just, it feels like a little, like a little movie. Like, it's so good. And like, mm-hmm. the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. Like, it's just, it's just great fun. Really? And you know what I just realized? When we put this episode out, this will be our 50th episode. <gasps> oh my God. God. Wow. Almost, ha- it's half a centennial. I know, I was gonna say. What a great note for the world to end on. What's the theme of 50 year anniversaries? I don't know. It's our college, 50 year college reunion, our 50 episode reunion. We open up once again, probably for the last time on the art history class. And the teacher is discussing the, the is it the first apocalypse? I've written first apocalypse, but the um, apocalypse, I think. I didn't know there were multiple. I I don't know. I think that might have been a typo. (laughs) It was the first of many. (laughs) Isn't the whole point that there's only one? There's only one. Right, right. I'm thinking that was a typo. Um, But he's discussing the apocalypse. And this is one of the signs of the apocalypse. Rusty discussing with Jordan what their couple's name should be. Rustin or what was the other one? Jordy. Jordy, which they go with. Rustin's better, honestly. I hate them both. Um, <laughs> and sorry, Purple, sorry. You don't want to. You don't want to sound. I don't want to bully. Popular. I don't want to bully. I don't. <laughs> I do not want to partake in couples' nicknames. But it is very earnest. Have you ever had a couple's nickname? 
No, have you? No. <laughs> no. Yes, have you? Just called Thomas Calvin. Oh my god! Honestly, oh my a god. compliment. Whoa! Really I read taking... his name. I was reading his name. I was reading his name, and I was looking at Thomas. It was no, literally. No, his name was next on my notes, and I was looking at Thomas, and I I wanted to say Thomas to you, and I won't redacted have a couple's nickname. No, I don't think we do. No, we don't. We have. I don't know if we've ever had the couple's name conversation, like like um Rustin or Jordy. I think that's uh, an important conversation to have and you guys should probably have it. I think it's a really important move in our relationship. Um, yeah. Trigger warning, it's- I'm in a relationship. Yeah, guys, sorry. <laughs> I hate to bring it to you guys. So stop flirting with Thomas in the DMs or keep flirting because, you know, leverage. <laughs> <laughs> and we all read them, so. <laughs> we all read them. <laughs> to entertain us. <laughs> So just keep yeah. the flirts coming. Calvin is like exhausted and he's dozing off in class because he's sleeping on um, Rusty and Dill's futon still trying to avoid Grant. It's like, come on, Calvin, just let it happen. And Dale, this is this is the most disturbing plot line of this uh, episode. Oof. Sheila is textually harassing Dale. Yeah, she's trying to... Uh, what the kids are calling arouses primal instincts. Yeah, and he, like basically, he wants to get she wants to get him to sleep with her, and so she's sending him nudes. I mean, she's and a grown woman. I know it's very disturbing. Dale has taken his purity pledge, and he's. I mean, he doesn't want anything to do with that. Yeah, the most disturbing part of this is that he's like told her he doesn't want her to, and that she continues to I know. send him. Uh, I know I know it's really also like Sheila just creeps me out so well maybe she's hoping that he went to the Jonas Brothers school of purity pledges yeah the Disney Channel stars at Dobbler's Ashley is telling they're at Dobbler's for lunch which like love (laughs) and (laughs) Ashley is telling Casey that Panhellenic has called like an emergency meeting and Casey's like don't worry about it it's probably just about like homecoming themes or something it's never a big deal but boy do I remember that sinking feeling when you would get an email and you knew you knew it was gonna be bad and Casey is like excited about Max coming back in a few days well she's also first distracted by Cappy yes he's in the corner Ashley points it out Ashley is like insinuating that that's not the case because they're watching Cappy from afar and he's throwing his head back in laughter he's the bell of the ball at Dobbler's he's really in his element there they're playing a drinking game and she's like Casey is insisting she's like I don't want a guy who's playing a drinking game at like noon Casey you're there drinking what's it called Bloody Mary's yeah at lunch yeah. and then um what Ashley says the joke she makes it's sad poor Betsy uh, you know what like we can just leave we don't have to stay here I feel a little Betsy-ish drinking at lunch anyway I know Ashley is particularly harsh with Betsy like more than anyone else I know yeah. they they really dog on Betsy and it's not a problem that's her fault it's a sickness she's also working on like actively yeah she's getting in the house she's sober she's six months sober as we'll remember from (laughs) 
the date that Casey went on with her and Vince. As they're talking, Max walks into Dobbler's. I love the idea of getting off a transatlantic flight and going to Dobbler's right away. Yeah. He looks good. He does look good. He looks refreshed. He has that Oxford glow. I was going to say he's got that Grecian glow. That Costas glow. (laughs) And um, he comes in and she's so excited, well, so excited in air quotes to see him. And he's brought back her lipstick, Runway Diva Extraordinaire, he remembered. And we do see Cappy spot them kissing and he looks sad. Ashley walks into the Panhellenic meeting and it's Panhellenic and IFC. IFC is for the fraternities. Panhellenic is like the group in charge of the sororities. Ashley's like asking Cappy. She's like, what are your ideas? Because she thinks this is now about homecoming because that's what Casey said it was about. And Cappy's like, what? And so the meeting starts and Ashley just immediately starts pitching her formal ideas. Um, She's thinking blue ball. And is that... um? A play on purity pledging? <laughs> I don't know. And they find out that the reason they're there is actually because the Ickies have turned in Capitao and ZBZ for sabotaging the Antony Cleopatra float. So the committee is like, people need to be held accountable for the rigging of these floats. And the IFC guy, the guy in charge of the fraternity is he's he's a lawler he doesn't care he thought it was pretty funny he's like you know like i thought it was a good prank cappy we're giving you guys a two-week suspension of your social calendar starting sunday he also says 40 percent of the ifc thought the prank was funny mm-hmm. but the other 60 percent voted to suspend <laughs> Like, it was funny. It was a great prank. It was funny and nobody got hurt. Like, he's legacy. I didn't know there would be repercussions for this. I was imagining it just went off without a hitch. Mm, Apparently not. But Panhellenic, not so understanding. It's chaired by that really annoying girl we've seen before. I'm pretty sure she's the one that had to pee during the episode of Rusty and Tina. It's the same girl. I think so. And so now we see Max and Casey canoodling in bed in his cursed dorm room. Yeah. And he's kind of telling Casey about the internship. I'm sorry, that room is so beige. It's all I think about whenever they show it to us. It's the painted cinder box room. I know. I know. And she's like, I'm really excited for things to go back to normal. And she says that she has caught up to him. In the time that he's been gone. Mm-hmm. Which I'm just like, you are lying to yeah. everyone, including yourself. She's trying to like convince herself that she caught up. I think yeah. not. I think that because she, I think so, because I think that's what she believes should have happened in that time. I don't know. We saw her kind of struggle with missing him, but truthfully, I don't think she missed him. And I think that she like, it was almost like trying to remind herself she was gone all the time. So she would feel like she was missing him. Could be misreading that, but that's how I felt. I think she was just like bored without a guy there and she's not yeah. flirt with somebody or like pine for somebody. Right. She's like, you know, I, she's ready to pick back up. She's ready to keep the train rolling, continue to get serious, she tells him, and he's thrilled. Max is good because I picked out an outfit for our Star Wars wedding. Yeah. 
Oh my I gosh. I totally ignored that. I'm kidding. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know. That joke would send me running for the hills. Yeah. I yeah. honestly, I couldn't include it. I, I knew I was about to like kind of be ragging on Max this episode when the guy's already down bad. And I was like, I, I can't. This I'd be out of there roadrunner style. I mean, Casey's even a little bit shook by that, too. Like, she, I think, is also... And then she kind of tries to play it off. She's like, I mean, I would look great in Princess Leia buns. I hate it. I hate it. A Star Wars wedding, I'm sorry. That is too far. I'm. If you had a Star Wars wedding, I apologize. I'm sure it was adorable. But for Casey and Max, it's a no. It's just not Casey. Like, you see her trying to, like, make a, a round peg fit in a square hole. Like, this relationship just isn't her vibe. And she's not feeling it anymore. And she's coming to that realization. So Cappy is breaking the news of the suspension to the chapter and Jordan on the literally lawn. It, it, on Jordan's the, at her fraternity on the lawn of Capitao. She spends more time with Capitao than she does with ZBZ. She's like hardcore pushing for sweetheart status. <laughs> oh my god! And then she would be the kind of girl that would get sweetheart. And be like I don't even know. Like just because I hang out there all the time, like. I didn't even, like, know that was a thing, but they just, like, told me I was. Yeah, they're just, like, I mean, you're basically a brother, so you might as well. Also, isn't this a little, like, were you guys a little weirded out by the fact that she's so comfortable there after everything that went down with Andy? Yes, because that's how they know her. It's exactly what I was thinking, Thomas. Andy's not there anymore. He's out. You're out. (laughs) He's on tour. Kicked into the curb. Yeah, on tour with the football team. Wait, Uh, but also, like, the way that girls in real life would take being like a frat sweetheart so seriously and like talk about it like it it was like guys is that like the sweetheart ball episode that we talked about or is this oh yeah 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 when casey is it basically that a frat that was yeah it's like that but for the men and far less um formal i guess like i think they just have you give like a speech to the chapter that you try to make them laugh so yeah, Got a speech it. filled with fart jokes. Mm-hmm. So they pick like a guy's girl. I mean, honestly, a lot of the times I feel like it's someone's girlfriend. Got it. I want to be. Or it's not, and it's a Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jordan is technically a guy's girlfriend. Right. That's so true. She's guy's girlfriend. <laughs> she's, she's incredibly comfortable in this meeting too. Like, did you notice she's, that? Like, and she's speaking up. She's giving her opinion. I can't. Uh, so uh, Rusty and Heath like apologize for basically pulling the prank and getting everybody in trouble. But no one in KT is pressed about it. They're like, okay, uh, you know, we thought it was funny. Um, Cappy wants to have throw a party that's like so amazing that they're hung over for the full two week suspensions they don't really notice it (laughs) and uh they want to have a theme that gets everybody to come wade pitches beer ben bennett pitches girls his hair is looking (laughs) odd (laughs) moppish oh i didn't even notice it's like it's giving jack harlow halloween costume wig it, yeah you got oh, it like a party city or something and you take it out of the bag and you're like oof I'm just caught up with someone uh, the idea of someone dressing as Jack Harlow for Halloween <laughs> inspo um so finally Rusty says like we should do the apocalypse we're learning about or Jordan then says we're learning about that in art history but then 
Cappy just takes it and regurgitates it. He's like, yes, we should do the end of the world. And everyone thinks it's an amazing idea then. Once I actually do think it's a good idea. I do too. And I like the idea that like they're they're going to be suspended. So it kind of is like the end for a very brief amount of time. So now we see Calvin and Dale playing video games. And Dale's phone is blowing up with sex from Sheila and he's so distraught. She sends him a video and he says, oh, look, she's making an ice cream sundae. And then we find out she's making it on her boobs. She's creative, if nothing else. Vulgar. And this killed me. (laughs) Calvin's like, why don't you call your purity pledge brothers? And Dill's like, I can't. They're on a trip to Fire Island. It's so great. They're sharing a bed to save money. And Calvin's like, all right. (laughs) Wait, but he says, this is like, oh my gosh, Dale. He goes, they booked a single queen to save money. Speaking of single queens, what are you going to do about Grant? (laughs) Dale, he's out of pocket. Dale Um, is out of pocket. Dale's on one this episode. He really is. So Calvin is like, I can't date Grant. Like, not only would it freak the brothers out but also like we lived together if we broke up it would be terrible and dale is like well then let's make a pledge we'll take a purity pledge to to stop one another you know from sleeping with these tempters also and- though it's like yeah if you break up then it would be awkward because you're living together but you're remedying that potential situation by not living there so why don't you yeah. live there in the meantime and then save the not living there for when that happens yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's going to happen, right? There's clearly sexual chemistry on both ends. So Dale anoints Calvin with a purity pledge ring. <laughs> it's huge and it has a big P on it. <laughs> yeah, that's got some mass to it. I like how for Calvin, it's like a purity pledge just specifically for Grant, though, because um, Dale's like, okay, no sex. And then Calvin's like, with Grant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that he wears the ring too. Like he, <laughs> he wears it the whole episode. He commits to the bit. Yeah, he does. Him and Dale have like a funny friendship. I feel yeah. like he just like he just thinks Dale is a joke and it works because I think that's the only way you could approach a true friendship with Dale. So Ash and Casey are like walking through campus and Ashley is, you know, feeling really bad about doing the prank and she's like I should just resign. She's thinking she's going to get expelled because that's the route that the Panhellenic chair like made it seem like this was going to take. She says that someone should just throw a shoe at her, which I was like, this was definitely right like about George Bush getting hit with yeah. the shoe. Like it had right, to have been. It wasn't, it wasn't very presidential of me. Someone should just throw a shoe at me. Yeah. So, oh my God, that that was pretty funny. Um, and it was it was funny. I noticed this too after our interview with our special guest who said they tried to put you know, politics in the show. And so Casey is like, this crisis is very manageable. And Ashley was like, I'm in, (laughs) I'm in over my head. She keeps talking, but we see Casey has like dropped off the screen as Ashley is walking. Like Casey is no longer next to her, but Ashley's still going. Then she turns to like talk, say something to Casey and Casey's not there. She looks back and she's like, oh my gosh, but you don't see what happened to Casey. I was like, did she collapse? 
collapse? Did she have some kind of medical emergency? We don't know right away. I thought she just tripped kind of hard. Same. Ah. Yeah, because you hear everyone. There's like a lot of commotion around her. Like everyone's like, oh my gosh, what happened? Like you hear like screams. Yeah. So Dale and Rusty are in their um, organic chemistry lab. And Dale is like, I aced this test. I cannot wait to get it back. And I thought this was setting it up for Dale to flunk. And because he's like, I killed it. I crushed. He's goes, look at the way that teacher's looking at me. I know I got an A. Like, look at him. He's like nervous to even give me my test bag. He gets his test bag. He gets an A. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at this. But Rusty gets his back and he got a D. <laughs> and Dale is horrified. Dale is more upset about Rusty's D than Rusty is. Oh, and he says, um, oh, that's like really sloppy penmanship. They per- forgot to put a line through the B. And Rusty said, like, I got a D, Dale. And yeah. he, Dale was saying, like, I can read the professor's face. I'm going to know my score within seconds of him giving it to me. And then he's saying, I can't even say out loud what I'm reading on your face right now, Rusty. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. So then we go back very quickly to the scene of Casey and Ashley, and we find out that she fell into a manhole. Yes. She is like sitting with paramedics. They're like kind of bandaging her wounds, tending She's in her, her Looney Tunes era. <laughs> yeah. They're tending to her. She's down bad. Her and Cappy, since they've decided to end their friendship, are both walking around like zombies. Like they're just out of it. They, like, can't make eye contact. They're both so sullen. The karmic and synergy is not synergying. No, it's not. And they're, they're, like, talking. Casey's like, it's really not a big deal. Like, you know, it's not like I could have died. And the paramedic was like, oh, yeah, you could have. Like, you could have died in, like, a million ways from having that yeah. happen. And, you know, people die all the time. They slip in the shower. They whatever. And so Casey kind of has this realization of like, oh my God, life is short. I almost died today. She has these scrapes all over her arms. It's really sad. And she just looks like beaten down, you know, like she's just not happy. I just had this flashback to a Facebook status I once posted at freshman year of high school, probably the same year this episode came out that said almost died today no <laughs> because I, I almost got hit by a car but then the the fact that I like I actually made a <laughs> Facebook status about it <laughs> you oh that's people to know. classic I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure that I made that at one point for something it was probably oh, a paper cut the cryptic tweets I used to send out in high school deranged oh my god some of them I I remember sending them and being like, looking back months later, mere months later, and being like, what? The rate that oh your God. frontal lobe is developing, it's like, yeah, you I was can't fortunate. even catch up. Something you think is normal, truly weeks before it, you're humiliated by after. died today. Honestly, depending yeah. on my fragile state, I could see myself making like that my, like an Instagram story. Yeah, it's so sad. Like, what was I look like? I was really like wanting, I guess, people to like ask about it. I mean, to be yeah, fair, I did almost get hit. Like, it was a really close call, but like, did I need to post a Facebook status about it? Definitely yeah. not. No, you did. You needed those oh. comments. You needed those, oh my god, OMG, exclamation part, are, are you okay? People needed to 
for even just a moment, think about what life could have been like without you yeah. and, and more. I'm thinking about it and I'm sad. Yeah. That's probably what I was angling for as a 14 year old. That also reminds me just now thinking about Facebook statuses. You know how people used to like, quote unquote, hack Facebooks and write like, oh, God. Yes. I, <laughs> this to this day, I stand by this. I, it's one of the most genius things that I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I would go onto my friend's computer when they weren't looking and change their Facebook status like while they were in high school to just got my license because <laughs> <laughs> everybody like why would they lie about that and like you have like, to make comment. it sound yeah like oh my I god congratulations a, <laughs> I had a friend once hack mine and I didn't see it for hours and the status was like you know that time when it was like like this and I'll say like how I know you or like what I like yeah they wrote like this if you think I'm pretty which is right on the line right that's right on the line yeah people thought it was real I'm so I didn't see it for I honestly think I didn't see it for almost a day that's devastating I know yeah, anyway. A moment of silence. <laughs> um, for, for Thomas, who almost died. Yeah. Oh Back God, in 2009. Um, so now, speaking of near death, we go to Cappy and Evan, who are laying in wooden coffins in the Amphora Society. And Evan is telling Cappy, like, I gave up my trust fund. I feel so liberated. And Cappy's like, you're insane. And he's like, no, I really do. Like, I just feel so much more free. And Cappy says, I get it. You gave up what you thought you needed. Obviously talking about Casey. Yeah. So, and and, I, and it held you back. Yeah. But it was just holding you back. It's like so stupid. So then he um, throws a wad of paper at Evan, which is the invite to the end of the world party, because Evan can come now that he's an impoverished degenerate. <laughs> so that scene ends, but Cute. their friendship their friendship is coming along nicely. Mm-hmm. And um, now Rusty is feeling, you know what, Max just got off a 10-hour flight. And you know what he needs to know about Jordan. So Rusty's filling him in. Just, you know, letting him know because he he has to know. Well, Max is genuinely excited. And Max yeah. is really, he's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. She dumped a star football player for you? Also, it's like, yeah, Max, it's a bigger stretch that you pulled Casey. Was that mm-hmm. mean? No. The bully is bullying. Wait, I didn't even mean it to be mean. I just think Rusty Ooh. and Jordan are, I like Max. I think he's really cute and I think he's very smart. And no, I see what you mean, nice. though. No, I know what you mean. Um, I'm just like I just think Rusty and Jordan are more like on the same level, where like Max doesn't even leave his do- like a whole. Well, right, and they met in his dorm. They met in like the more like I think typical way when you're in college too. Like mm-hmm. they're both in the same grade. They had a class together, whereas like Max like is a grad student. Like she wouldn't have ever crossed paths with him if he hadn't been Rusty's. Um, he was a recluse. Oh, I or, missed that uh, poker night episode. I know that was such a good episode. So he also tells Max about his D in organic chemistry, and Max is like, "Ochem is what separates the scientists from the technicians. So you're gonna have to fix Dang. this." And he's like, "You should try to talk to your advisor." And Rusty's like, "Well, my advisor hates me." 
And it is that like professor we saw in the beginning of the year. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wait, wasn't it the professor that we saw at the beginning of season one? Yeah, he, it's like, the per- it's the professor that like uh hates frats and like thinks that yeah. they are. now we're uh on the quad coffee cardish area. Rebecca is had just heard about Casey's near death experience and she's saying, Oh my gosh, I I never knew someone who almost died before, except my grandma who actually did die. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that line. It was so funny. Yeah. And they have this muffin, this um chocolate chip nut muffin that they're going to use to lure Beth in and confuse her and get her to tell them secrets from the icky house that they can use to leverage to help Ashley get out of her situation um with the board and so Beth sits down and she's very excited about this muffin um, she takes a bite and the nuts do start confusing her. <laughs> Poor How me. good did that muffin look? It looked so good. I yeah. think it was like a Costco muffin. Like, have you ever had a Costco muffin? They yes. look like that. No, but this one had even more. The top looked a little mm-hmm. crisp. It looked more really rounded. good. Oh my God. It looked so good. But Costco muffins were good. They would sell them. We had like a breakfast table at my high school and you could go if you had like a dollar and they always had Costco muffins. And then like, depending on what moms were running it that week, other treats. Oh my God. It was so good. Somebody yeah. would make these cookie dough muffin bites. Wow. I love that someone did PR for muffins well enough that we were convinced you could eat a cupcake without icing for breakfast. Like, that's pretty crazy, but it's great. Coffee cake? Yeah, <laughs> literal cake. Coffee cake isn't even trying. <laughs> I love, the thing is, I love a muffin. I don't love a cupcake as much. How interesting. No, I'd rather have a muffin. Whoa! Uh, yeah, I would rather have a chocolate chip muffin than most cupcakes, but I do love, 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 love a cream cheese frosting. So if there's a cream cheese frosting on the cupcake, then I'm going to take that. Same. I was hoping you would say that. Like, a, especially like a pumpkin muffin or a pumpkin cupcake with oh cream my God, cheese frosting. Oh, wait. Oh, how about this? A pumpkin muffin with a cream cheese filling. Oh, wait. Didn't you make Jeez. those in the fall? Um, Probably. Yeah, I think I did. I feel like I'm remembering having one that you made and it was so good. Oh, my God. Now, fall's right around the corner, guys. We're so close okay. to fall. <laughs> I watched Hocus Pocus uh, on Monday night in its entirety. I'm already excited for fall. Oh, dear. Cider time. Anyway. Oh, my God. Now I really do want a pumpkin muffin. Okay. 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 Same. So they're trying to get the information out of her. And she says, hmm, well, it's like dirty. And Valerie's boyfriend stays over almost every night. And there are also uh, lots of plants in the house, all in Joan's bathroom. And they smell funny. And Joan says they make people feel good. Joan, an entrepreneur we love. She was ahead of the cannabis game. Yeah, in the bag. They're like, (laughs) done. Thanks. Enjoy the muffin, Beth. So Dale and Calvin walk into Calvin's dorm room and Grant's not there. And Dale says, I guess we just got to wait it out because you need to practice resisting. And then Grant does walk in and he invites Calvin to the gym Calvin says yes, and Dale says, say no, like, say no, like, you mean it. And then when Calvin is agreeing to go, Dale says, but, but, but baby, we'll be late for showgirls. 
And then he tells Grant that he's in love with Calvin and they're, quote, we're gay together. And I mean, we ship. (laughs) I was honestly shipping. I thought it was kind of cute. I would not love that couple. But, you know. Neither would Calvin. No. But he goes along with it. I'm surprised that he goes along with it. It just shows you how, like, how down bad Calvin is. He's like, all right, I guess this is all I got. This is my last line of defense against hot Grant. And he's been so worn down by everybody being weird around him the whole season that he's just like, okay, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) A lot left in him. And Grant is hot. And I think he's getting hotter. I was going to say the same thing. It's like every scene, he looks better and better. Like That's later, why- <laughs> in the, later in that episode, I was like, damn. But I wonder if the him looking better and better is like almost intentional because it makes him seem even like more desirable to Calvin. Yeah, he's like irresistible. And he's into Calvin too, obviously. Yeah, yeah. clearly. So now we're at the Icky house and Ashley and Casey are waiting in the living room. Valerie and her boyfriend are making out so creepily. And Ashley's in this like couture detective outfit she is giving inspector gadget oh what my god inspectress gadget <laughs> or get a clue do you remember get a clue with oh my that was get a clue. low-key scary there's a dead body in get a clue that song get a clue uh, 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 have we talked about get a clue on the pod before no i watched oh. it over the pandemic and it slaps it definitely, um, yeah, I'm not sure it holds up, but it definitely slaps. I was about to say it holds up, but I was like, I actually haven't, I do not want to make that claim. There's this one scene that I really relate to as someone who lives on the Upper East Side, where she, the main character lives on the Upper East Side, and she is um, like trying to solve the mystery with this guy who lives in Brooklyn, who, by the way, is Alfalfa from The Little Rascals. Yeah, Bug Hall. Bug Hall, yeah. The most adorable name ever. And he says, he's like shitting on that breeze side. And he's like, you know, everybody out here in Brooklyn, they're just cool. And like, that's, that's really the sentiment of people who live in Brooklyn still today. And she's just like looking at him like, I've had this conversation so many times. I know Brooklyn is cooler than the Upper East Side, but can't beat these prices. Anyway, Franny comes down, she sees them and they're like is this vomit on the rug and she claims it's spilled soup but either way either way clean and how like you can see behind her that the house is disgusting like there's stuff all over the staircases i mean it is not giving zbz like their pristine staircase simply not happening over at icky no and ashley says they know about the plants and so franny needs to go tell panhellenic to back off or they're going to report them. And then she says, like, okay. And Franny <laughs> says that it's a half-baked threat. And also, you probably shouldn't ask permission before you threaten someone. And then she says, you're never going to fall through on that. Which is just kind of a jab at Ashley. I know. There's also this moment when Franny's walking down the stairs. Because Casey has, like, cuts on her arms from the manhole. <laughs> and she goes, what happened to you? And Casey's like, I fell in a manhole. And then... She's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to uh, Robert De Niro. (laughs) (laughs) Referring to Ashley. And um, Ashley says, like, like, doesn't really say anything when Franny says, you won't tell. And Casey goes, but I will. 
so she's she is threatening to be the one that shows up and like tells uh panhellenic on ashley's behalf yeah now rusty goes to see his advisor who immediately jumps on him for being in a frat um because rusty is having saying he's having a hard time balancing and you know he blames it on the liberal arts class he's saying i can't focus because of this liberal arts class i you know why would that be an elective like why is it harder than most blah 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 he's like ranting on and on even though it's really not about the liberal arts class and he says you know my biggest mistake was not coming to you before so you could help me choose the right elective so he's sucking up to him And he's saying, all right, well, I agree, like, those classes are bullshit. You know, they're all hippies, tie-dye people on, like, the quad. And Rusty's like, yeah, that's who convinced me to sign up for this class, a guy in tie-dye. And he's saying, okay, well, we're going to start getting your grade in OCHEM higher this weekend. Which also, I'm like, why do you want to spend your Saturday night helping Rusty, who five seconds ago you couldn't stand study for ochem but sure we'll go with well is it a saturday night or is it a friday night does it matter well i guess like friday night is still technically the school week but he says yeah this weekend i know i I don't know okay we'll we'll get to uh, what another um but cappy would be this man's worst nightmare oh my god he wouldn't know what to do (laughs) He would implode. Casey and Max are at Dobbler's and she's insisting that she's fine after the fall. And then Cappy approaches them um, and he hears her say manhole and Casey and Cappy both giggle at manhole because they think it's funny. And then he hands them a flyer for the Cavatow party. And Max tries to like jest him a little bit. Um, and Cappy just kind of like shrugs it off and leaves. And he's like, wow, that's like crazy that he didn't want to make fun of me. And then he says like, oh, I want to go to this party. You know, to me, there's nothing more in- interesting than contemplating the end of the world. And then he says, and if it is the end of the world, I would want to spend it with you, Casey. Oh, that gave me that, like, that made me feel so uncomfortable for her. It's too much. I know. He, You know, when you have like a sal like you know the whole thing about the salamander that you can't squeeze it too tight what no you have a pet i mean i would i mean i would assume don't squeeze a salamander too tight. well you can't like you can't keep touching it the more you touch it the more the oils from your skin kill the salamander got it the more you love love the salamander the quicker it dies oh my god and she's a salamander and max is palm is oily it's oil it's slick (laughs) and he can't stop holding her it reminds me of like max in this whole episode and and casey's response to him is very in at the end of great gatsby when they're in that hotel room and gatsby is like daisy tell him tell him you never loved him tell him you always wanted to be with me like say everything was a lie and she's like you want too much you want too much for yeah. me and then she runs away and then she stays with tom forever and then I, dies. And that's spoiler basically, alert that's basically what happens because casey flees yeah on him saying this yeah and she falls literally into- runs to the bathroom she's such pee and he's like oh okay 
like he has to know like there's like in his eyes he can see that she's reacting to him saying that but he can't stop himself I think that's part of it and I think also like Max has never been the best at social cues so like he she she is telling him one thing and acting another and I don't think that he's the best at picking up on the acting part like he takes her word at face value yeah but she falls into Cappy's arms when she's like running to the bathroom she falls yet again she's become quite clumsy yeah and they just look at each other and she's after he walks away she's there just dumbfounded Jacqueline it's like that guy in Starbucks who fell into me <laughs> yeah you had that effect on him oh yeah I remember <laughs> he fell that backwards. Story. He was falling. He must have been falling for five minutes, waving his hands around. I was holding him up. Full grown He's, man. This man was like 50. He was going, whoa, 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 whoa. It was like, bro, I already have you. And then we looked back afterwards and he was sitting down waiting for his drink now. <laughs> Mitigate the risk. Mitigate the risk. Anyway, enough about Starbucks. So Dale walks into his apartment and we have a graduate moment uh Sheila's there trying to miss Robinson um Dale he says Sheila you're trying to seduce me and she's like really 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 forcing herself on Dale at this point and he's resisting hard like he's being very clear Sheila takes his hand and puts his ring finger in her mouth and pulls his purity ring off oh my god it's she spits it out it's so over the top. Then Calvin walks in and he assesses the scene and he goes, Sheila, stop. Dale is my boyfriend. <laughs> so good. Calvin and kills me. He's like, what? And Dale's like, no, no, he's like, not. You know, he just came over to watch TV with us. So let's all watch TV on the couch. And he says, I don't want to scare her off. I just want to slow her down. <laughs> yeah. And... They sit on the futon, the lumpy futon, and start watching TV while Sheila is going to town on Dale's earlobes. Lobe City. Lobe <laughs> City over here. Oh, Lobe City over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, what is that a reference to? The, um, the Yeah, the Nathan Fielder show when he walks in and says door city over here oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so now um ashley has arrived to the meeting and casey is not there and franny walks in i didn't even recognize her at first because she's in a polka dot ruffle dress that makes her look it's very much giving samantha the american girl doll in like a daytime outfit like if you were to buy an outfit for your samantha american girl doll where she was running into town with her mom for an errand it would be this dress it's a cute dress but it just didn't feel very franny she looked adorable in it it's full memcore she's completed the cycle in this episode it is memcore and she says you know casey and franny knows that she can kind of get away with Ashley not ratting her out. And then Franny says, you know, I can't believe the ZBZs chose you as president over me. And Ashley's like, well, they want to change. And Franny just keeps kind of nagging her. And then Ashley says, the Ickies always will and will remain to be an embarrassment. And when you leave, it'll be a pile of garbage. 
And that's all you'll be remembered for, if you're even remembered at all. And she says, if you win, all you'll get is a third-rate frat house with wall-to-wall barf. Yeah. And she she's not wrong. Like, and I would Franny knows it. it. Yeah. You Franny see Franny, like, be like, shoot. And so then um, the panel walks in and they said, you know, we decided to press charges or whatever. They decided to follow through with the punishment. And then Franny stands up and says, you know what? I want to drop, drop the charges, drop the accusation. I lied. I made the ickies pretend that they saw Ashley too. I don't want to follow through with this. And I kind of love this character development for Franny. Like she got to Mm. have a little bit of redemption here. Franny, I don't even really, I think she's just kind of like, what am I doing? Yeah, she kind of just has that realization. And even the, even the girl running the meeting is like, so you pretty much just wasted our time. And Franny kind of like ironically says, I guess I just am that bitchy. Yeah, which I kind of love. Oh, I loved it. I also just had a flashback to earlier in the episode when they when they threatened expulsion to Ashley or like suspension. Ashley's like freaked out and she's like, from what? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, the university. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley's first priority is not academics. Yeah. <laughs> from what? <laughs> so the case gets dismissed and Ash is off the hook. So now we're in the chem lab and Jordan is there waiting with Rusty and his advisor walks in and is immediately suspicious of Jordan. And you can see it click in his mind. He's like, this is the distraction. Mm-hmm. And then he points out that she's wearing a tie-dyed vest and he's like, this is the culprit. He's like, nice tie-dyed vest. And she's like, thanks. Because that is weird for a teacher to point out. A teacher who's not even your teacher to... Yeah. To, like, a a young girl make a comment on anything that she's wearing. She's like, all right, bye. Yeah. (laughs) And she saunters off to the KT party, her fraternity, where she's needed. And so this is why i'm saying it doesn't matter if it's a friday or saturday night because his advisor then says okay ready for an all-nighter why does he want to stay up all night why would he do that like that there's no he doesn't have to do that maybe he's just like has um such a lacking interpersonal life that he kind of gets a little bit of joy out of like making rusty do this on a night that he knows that he would have a social venture that he doesn't approve of yeah it's like a strange form of torture I think yeah. that's right. I also think like maybe like, I don't know, maybe if it was going to be an all-nighter, he can't, he doesn't want to keep him up on a school night. I I don't know. It makes no logical sense. Yeah. Also like, let's set aside like two hours on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. What is with the lab that it's going to take, you know, six, seven hours? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, I did chemistry in college. It wasn't organic chemistry, but when they got the test back, I looked at like, just, I just quickly glanced at like the first couple of questions. It looked really easy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you actually take chemistry in college? I did. And I was That's actually, cause I was re- required to take science and I was the last one to like register freshman oh, year. So I had God. to take chemistry for the full year, but by no. the end, fun fact, my TA mistook me for a chemistry major whoa like she's like are you chemistry a chem- a chem- major yeah, she's like are you a chem major I go no I'm a theater major and she goes okay well if that doesn't work out you should consider chemistry whoa wait we have a secret max in our group oh my Mike god Dog. in another lifetime in that life where you where you died by that car hitting you you are an you are a chemist 
Thomas. Thomas, I'm I'm impressed. I'm so impressed. I literally almost failed chemistry in high school. So I am so impressed. Thank Wait, you, do you guys so much. Want, want to hear something crazy? I'm sure I've told you before, but my high school chemistry teacher ended up marrying Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, um, Mackenzie Scott. Yeah, they got married. Um, the news broke the day of the Harry and Meghan Oprah interview. Mm-hmm. And then within like a year, they got divorced and it was so quieted all of a sudden his name disappeared from everything all of the boards that they were on together I don't know what happened but he was a fantastic teacher I loved him Aww. we were Facebook friends until he deleted his Facebook but yeah he he my chemistry class was the last chemistry class he taught like in the suburbs of Philly before he moved to Seattle to teach at the Bezos's children's school. That's how they met. Oh my god! That, that doesn't it sound made up? It sounds like it I made that up. It sounds fake, but I know it's real. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sad funny. they didn't work out. Yeah, I, I am so curious what happened, but I'm sure could... with that money, we'll never know. No, if only you could I Facebook did. message him. Yeah, is she's still the only person that Jeff Bezos follows on Twitter? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody fact check that. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> this is so random. Apparently, he is two really hot bodyguards. According to the Dumois blinds, Jeff Bezos <laughs> has two incredibly hot bodyguards. Interesting. The only thing I've ever found interesting about him. I believe that. Not even that his ex-wife was married was married to my chemistry teacher, because I think that's pretty interesting. I feel like yeah. that's more of a fun fact about his ex-wife than it is about him. Yeah. Anyway. Now Ashley walks back into. Sorry, did you guys want to hear more about? <laughs> no, I think we'll, do a, we'll do a bonus episode on your chemistry teacher. Okay, yeah, perfect. Ash walks into her and Casey's room, and Casey's just kind of like wistfully, like looking out the window and writing in her journal. And Ashley starts telling Casey how the meeting went, and Ashley goes, "Oh my god, the meeting!" And then Ashley's like, "Yeah, wait, hold on, where were you?" She's like, "I'm so sorry, I, was, I missed it. You know, I've just been having all these doubts about Max and the manhole situation. Really, like, confused me. So I've I made a pro con list about Max, and Ashley takes it and crumples it up, and she's like, toughen up." Well, like, basically just is like, this is not like you. You're missing meetings. I could have gotten expelled. You're, like, questioning your choices. You're second-guessing yourself. You're losing your focus. This is not you. And she's she's like, you used to be so driven. That is, like, a huge... I mean, Ashley's just so real. I don't even think it's totally warranted to be like, you're not driven anymore, but she is a little in the clouds for the last Yeah. She, I mean, she's falling down all the time. She's falling into manholes. Like she's just not grounded. Yeah. And Casey's like, oh my gosh, you're right. And like, um, of course she apologizes again. And of course, Ashley accepts her apology and it's a sincere apology. And then Casey is like, I'm in love with Kathy. <laughs> and Ashley's like, yeah, I know. Uh, what is, what's the common point in all of these love triangles that you're finding yourself in? Kathy. And Casey's like, I have to go tell him. And I got scared because also I'm like, just 
break up with Max first. I Don't know. Just break up with Max first and then go tell him. I know. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind went to. I loved her makeup in this scene, though. Oh my God, the smoky eye. For it the was, she executed it perfectly. Oh God. Yeah, she looked so cute. But she can really pull off, Spencer can really pull off eyeshadow and like eyeliner because her eyes are so big. Mm-hmm. The way yeah. that my hooded eyes could never. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was, there's no way she was working on a pros and cons list. She was doing her makeup. Yeah. Yeah, please. Because <laughs> she knew she was going to go see Cappy. So now we're at the end of the world party. So we get like a, we get a little clip of like the outside and it looks really fun. Oh, yeah. Looks like I want to be there even today at 28 years old. I would go to that forever. Oh, same. We hear a band playing. There's like a projection screen on the front of the house. So Casey walks into the party. She's looking for Cappy. She runs into Beaver. And she's like, have you seen Cappy? And Beaver's like a bazooka, I think. Yeah, I think he's making some sort of punch or something. (laughs) With a bazooka. (laughs) I was very confused yeah. by that. But he is making punch. I think that's true. Like a massive like vat of punch. And so Casey pulls Cappy because she sees him and she pulls him into the closet, just like the Gatsby episode, uh, except the roles have been reversed. So and much Gatsby. I know. Exactly. So she pulls him in and then immediately starts kissing Cappy. And he kind of like pushes her off. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Like, What are you doing? And then she kind of quickly starts rambling and she's like, I almost died today and I fell into a manhole and they kind of start giggling about manhole again. But then she says, you know, that's what made her realize she's been waiting to feel with Max how she's always felt about Cappy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Cappy's like, wait, Max is such a good guy. Like he's, he's really great. And she's like, I know that's what's going to make this so hard to tell him. And he says, don't tell him. He says, don't ruin anything with Max. You're having like a fleeting thought. You don't have clarity about this. Once the adrenaline wears off, I'm going to disappoint you as I have before and I will again. She also says to him before that, that if it was the end of the world, she wants to spend it with him. Yeah, which that broke my heart. He's been really cold. Like, I know, but I feel like he's been jerked around so much. Like there's been so many times where he thought it was going to be their time and like. Yeah, but also he just said you're perfect and no one compares to you and like. Yeah, you know, I, like, oh, come on. Yeah, like, give her a chance because she's like, you don't even want to try. I know. But he also really respects Max at this point. And I think he genuinely feels, he does. He respects him. He respects Max. Well, I think he he thinks he's a good person. No, he thinks he's a good person. He says that. He says he's a really good guy. Yeah, Cappy's definitely not, he's not like acting out as as he might have in the past where he would have been like, sure. Yeah. Like let's not think about Max here, but Mm -hmm. he does seem to be considering Max. Yeah. You're right. I think it shows some growth on Cappy's part. Yeah. So they walk out of the closet and guess who's walking in Max who spots them walking out together. It's immediately uncomfortable for everyone. And Max is like, Hey, I heard you already here. I was just looking for you, Casey. And quickly, like they have to think, of an explanation so we're not really sure what's going to happen and then and he Kathy, already looks mortified like he sees him and he's like yeah I mean it looks like they just hooked up in the closet mm-hmm. they did. <laughs> and and they did so um yeah so Cappy then jumps in and says like hey I was hitting on your girlfriend that's my fault 
And it's because I'm such a douche. Like that was all on me. And Casey even tries to stop him. She's like, Cappy, seriously. And Max is really mad and upset. He's like, what? Why on earth would he do that? Basically, like Cappy takes the heat here and lets Casey off the hook. Yeah. And he just like throws up his arms and he's like, what can I say? I'm a douche and walks away. Yeah. And Casey doesn't deny it. She just is like kind of flustered after all of that. And then I think you know having to she now knows she has to face max so oh my god i didn't realize was were the plain white tees playing at the party oh yeah they were playing wait that wasn't the plain white tees no no that was weird they look like them no that was i was gonna i was gonna ask if you knew which band was playing because i I noticed there was a band playing and they kept showing them but i didn't recognize them i just assumed it was them i saw like a group of white men on stage and i was like it must be the plain white tees (laughs) the Uh, resident band i was gonna say the songs they were playing were quite edgy for their taste yeah no it wasn't them interesting Um, wait i'm looking up now well we can um when you find it let me know and so now at the party calvin and grant spot each other from across the party because calvin's walking in with sheila and dale and sheila's like i'm gonna go get drinks so it leaves dale and calvin alone and uh calvin's gonna go talk to grant like he's gonna walk away and dale's like no you need to stay by my side like we're in this together and calvin's saying no way i just watched you and sheila make out for three hours i'm not going to stay here with you and basically like Dale's just trying to keep him by his side so that he resists temptation for the night. But we we definitely get the idea that Calvin wants to talk to Grant and is going to probably talk to him at this party. I think it's w- war tapes because they're credited for two songs on mm-hmm. this and the plain white tees aren't at all. I'm looking at war- the- Yeah, war that's them. Tapes. War tapes. Oof dark yeah they played always falling and dreaming of you got it i'm not familiar with the war tapes but (laughs) they were they rocked it in this episode (laughs) so we see this little scene of the brothers like enjoying the punch that beaver made and then jordan and rebecca are like dancing in front of the house and Jordan tells Rebecca that she wants to leave. Rebecca's saying, why? We're rubbing it up against all these hot guys. And Jordan says, the only guy I want to rub up against is my boyfriend. Rebecca's being horny in this episode. (laughs) She really is. Rebecca has been, though. Remember when she was, like, looking at the blue crew last episode? Yeah. (laughs) And then Jordan says, Rusty, because Rusty walks in and... He basically says, you know, if it's the end of the world, I want to be here with you, Jordan, his true love. And they basically like make out in front of Rebecca and Rebecca just says, oh, God, I need a man. Sex. <laughs> and then oh, like, Evan. Dale just kind of materializes. Yeah, yeah he like, really it's does. not the end of the world. So like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. This part was so crazy. Yeah. He's like, it's not the end of the world. Like God told us in the scriptures that we would see signs. And then all of a sudden, these four horses drive by. And I'm like, what was in that punch that Dale just drank? Seriously, the creator yeah, punch. He sees the four horsemen of the apocalypse and he cannot believe his eyes. And we don't get any more details about that. There must have been something cut from this episode. Like there must have been like signs going out through like throughout the episode and we don't see them or something. Cause that was like a complete either hallucination or it actually happened. And Dale's <laughs> the only one who noticed. Yeah. So now we're in the KT basement and Max is having 
a complete spiral, understandably. So they're alone, Casey and Max in the basement. And, you know, Max is basically saying like, was he, you know, was Cappy hitting on you the entire time I was gone? And basically like talking all this shit about Cappy. And Casey kind of starts defending Cappy and explaining that like, no, it's not that he lacks direction. It's, he just believes in karmic synergy, which actually makes a lot of sense when you really think about it. And Max is asking, why are you defending him? Yeah, good question, Max. Mm -hmm. I was thinking the same Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, and then she, she's like, nothing is going to happen between me and Cappy, but also- Yeah, because he says, do you still have feelings for him? And she doesn't say no. She says, nothing's going to happen between us. He goes, okay. Like, and then she says- He's relieved for a second. For one second. And then she goes, but I don't think anything's going to happen with you or I either. Yeah. And he's like, but I thought you said you were caught up the other night. And she's like, yeah, but I- wasn't actually yeah and he's like uh, clearly freaking out which i get uh, like oh my god his world just came crashing down like so and quickly and he the consequences of his choices and actions are coming to a head and he didn't really get any notice of this either this is happening pretty suddenly because she did tell him only like a day before that she was caught up yeah i would argue you really pushing him to take an internship in another country was like a slight sign but yeah i get what you're saying true, <laughs> well, thank true. God she did yeah i know yeah and i mean casey was bouncing around a lot though because remember how much she was pining after max at the beginning of last episode i don't know yeah she i think she's just been so confused she's she's best with a mixed nut chocolate chip muffin it's, <laughs> it's muddling her thoughts then exactly. she delivers like just the the worst line you could hear you're the perfect guy you're just not perfect for me oh that hurts and it's also just so sad because it's like the nice guys finish last kind of uh, yeah. like it kind of just is in this case yeah i mean i guess the lesson is don't make all of your decisions based on the person that you've known for a month max is definitely in a different place in his life like max wants marriage like max is the kind of guy he's gonna propose in within the year or within the next six months yeah he's older too like she's only a junior she has her senior year to look forward to this guy's in grad school yeah he's he's no this is her senior year oh sorry yeah well yeah, so she should be having fun. He's just in a very serious place, I think. And also, yeah, and he was never in that like party mentality. Yeah. Like, he's always been more like career driven and like, yes. you know, has it together. He's on the track. Okay, Max yeah. would do so good on Love Is Blind. Oh my god, he really would. It would be like a Cameron, um, um Lauren. He's ready to move fast. Yeah, he's ready. Totally, he would actually do really well on that because he really loves like a straightforward answer. I feel like in a question answer kind of setting and he's so genuine like he's like i think once his the girl who like he partnered with met him or i guess the girl he proposed with met him when they have the reveal i feel like it would be great like she would realize he actually is perfect yeah max for love is blind season four Mm -hmm. (laughs) filmed in ohio this time (laughs) 
So now we're um, back outside. The war tapes are playing. They're rocking it out. And Casey makes her way like out back to the party. She runs into Ashley and she's upset. Like she's visibly distraught. She's basically crying. And she tells Ashley that she just broke up with Max. And Cappy doesn't want to be with her. And she's going to go home. And Ashley's like, I'll go with you. Like, let me take you home. And Casey goes, no, I'm going to take myself home. And this is actually really good. She's, she basically confronts the fact that she does need some time, like, to be with herself. And mm-hmm. she, I think, is coming to the realization, like, wow, I've spent the last couple of years, like, everything revolves around, like, what guy I'm dating. Need to focus a little bit on me now. Mm-hmm. Is that what she's thinking right now? <laughs> I, I, I wish that was what she was thinking. <laughs> maybe I, I, I would maybe I'm giving her. her too much. Maybe I'm giving her too much character growth here. I think she's just regretting turning Cabby down three weeks ago. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, right. that's probably more Which, of what it is. I think it's fair in this moment. Like, I think that, you know, tensions are high and she's just, it's so sad. She's so sad and she's weepy and it's just like, Oh, Casey, I just want to protect you. Yeah. Like she knows she made the right choice because it's it's good that she broke up with Max because her feelings weren't there. But it's also sad that she kind of lost instead of ending up like she had two guys sort of before. Now she has none. Mm, I've had chills like the whole the whole party sequence. Yeah. The whole party sequence. I was like, I could I was like holding my breath. Yeah chill literal chills yeah full body chills and so now grant finds calvin and he tells him like hey i think your boyfriend is cheating on you with a woman and <laughs> like there's like dale and sheila are like making out behind them and calvin's also, like sheila being at this party like she sticks out like a sore thumb she's so much do. older it's ridiculous she should not be at a college party I mean but then again this party does look so fun that I would Mm go I know I yeah I feel like Dale was like using it as an excuse just that he needed Calvin to help him from hooking up with Sheila but he wanted to come to this party this was the place to be yeah I mean and it is like everyone on campus is there everyone who's anyone Mm -hmm. and his friend um Cappy. Wait, what are their nicknames for each other? It was Daily. Doesn't yeah. that Cappy calls Dale Daily, right? Yeah, Daily yeah. and something. Oh no, yeah, he just calls him Daily. Then Calvin admits to Grant that no, Dale is not actually his boyfriend. And you know, Grant is jokingly <laughs> shocked. Like he obviously knew that. that Wait, that I thought case. that he didn't. I I genuinely thought that he thought that was his boyfriend. Oh, I didn't think so either, because when he goes up to Calvin initially, he goes, hey, I got the message earlier, but I think you should know your boyfriend is making out with a woman. Oh, wait, did you think that, I, did you think he knew he was, they weren't dating or that he was actually surprised? I didn't think he was actually surprised. Yeah, I was under the impression that he, he knew that Calvin was trying to make it clear that he wasn't, yes. he didn't want to date Grant. Yes. Well, that makes sense because I was surprised that to find that I thought that he 
thought that that he fell for it yeah so maybe there wasn't a need to be surprised after all (laughs) i think he he thought of it as like a blow-off like he's like i got the picture you don't want to be with me yeah that's right i'm sure that's right and then calvin makes the choice to get rid of his purity pledge ring he throws it it hits wade so hard in the face him and Grant make out, and then Wade has like a golem moment from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, and Wade was given the walls here. He was. It was honestly funny. I was like enjoying that. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, this is when things get start to get a little bit dark. So buckle up. Maybe put on that card again. Oh God! Grab this... your cup of tea was really really upsetting this actor what's the actor's name again michael brady michael brady michael brady michael brady he is so convincing in this scene like legitimately i was like whoa like watching him gave me a hangover by proxy he um this is his joker origin story like this is this is yeah, so Rusty finds Max, and Max is really drunk on Beaver's punch outside, like on a couch. And you can tell Max is unwell. His slumped mouth over. is like he's slumped over. His mouth is like very orange. Yeah, he, his, his hair face is, is like messy. Contorted. His face is contorted. He looks like he has been sobbing. And it looks like he's seen some real shit in the last 30 minutes, which he has. He's seen the world end. His world end. His world came crashing down around him. So basically, Rusty like doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, what are you doing here? Like, where's Casey? And then he tells Rusty that Casey broke up with him and that it was all because of Cappy. And yeah, he's like, I've never seen you drunk before. And he goes, well, you've never seen me dumped before. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He's like, I saw them coming out of the closet together and then she dumped me. And then he also has this kind of cryptic line where he's like, I was wrong. Never pick the girl because they'll leave you every time. Like, okay. The other time you're referring to was when your girlfriend died. She didn't leave you. Well. I know. You're right. Max does need a therapist. He, yes. Put this man in intensive therapy. Like he's starting to talk like a little incel. Like, uh, yeah, I think he needs women. like two or three times a week for the next couple of months. Yeah, he needs Dr. Richard Nygar, Chris, uh, Chris's therapist from Parks and Recreation that he sees like 17 times a week. <laughs> so he never obviously healed from like the trauma of his girlfriend dying. And like, I think he projected all of that on Casey. And well, there was also, no way- this is a brutal way to be broken up. Oh, of course, of course. But like, I do think that he like, was so ill-prepared for, like, the idea of this college relationship potentially not working out. Like, he really put all his eggs in her basket. It's true. I mean, it's... And it is... He came into this party tonight thinking he was going to have an amazing night with Casey. And then he's now, an hour later, like, wasted, completely forlorn. And um, we see Rusty kind of, like, take in that information and look at Jordan and just like he's like I'm gonna have a little think yeah Yeah. he's gonna have a little think (laughs) he's like looking at her really suspiciously and like 
again, very rarely my team, Jordan, but let the girl just dance with her friends. I know. She's happy to be there with you. Like, <laughs> it reminds don't me. Don't do like, anything. It reminds me of the season finale of, like, Housewives episodes where they, like, show the people dancing and then they, like, stop and they're like, Ramona launched Ramona Pinot Grigio. <laughs> like, where are they now? Yeah, like, the way that he was staring at Jordan, it was like, Jordan went on to break Rusty's heart into a million pieces. Lynn I mean- and Tom filed for divorce two weeks after this episode was filmed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can kind of see it, like the writing on the wall a little bit. Like it's almost right. like, is this a premonition? Yeah, yeah. And and, it, and is it going to be rusty, self fulfilling <laughs> prophecy? Yeah, yes. probably. Yeah, is <laughs> rusty going to? Notion. Yeah, is rusty going to predict this and then just follow through with prediction? <laughs> yeah, so he's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now we're back at ZBZ and Casey's just sitting on the steps. Like, she's pretty distraught. And why the, the steps is so odd, though. Like, she's, I feel like she's like waiting for someone to run after her. She is. Like, Casey, you have a bedroom. Yeah, you can you go right. up to your bed. I have to confess something. This reminds me of, okay, you know, in princess movies, mm-hmm. like Disney movies, where they would cry on the bed like this. Like, yeah. Yeah. When I was little. I really thought that was like very intriguing to cry like that. So whenever I would throw a fit, I wanted someone to find me weeping in that way. So I would, I would lay on my bed like that, like, like just your arm covering your face. And that's what Casey's doing on the steps. Again, Um, depending on my mental state I could very much still do that today (laughs) (laughs) honestly same and I actually I totally agree with that I used to want to do that as a child anytime a teacher made me cry like I would want everyone to know I was crying because I was I was like hypersensitive like I shouldn't have been crying as much as I was teachers made you cry <laughs> we'll save we'll save that for for a future episode as well the door to CBZ opens and who walks in but Franny it's not what we're expecting no not at all they're setting it up to either be like Max or Cappy I feel like or even like Evan yeah oh my god I would have loved more Evan in this episode Um, yeah I was expecting a Cappy walk-in or maybe even a Rusty like going Mm. after Casey um but it's Franny and Franny immediately just says I'm sure you've heard what happened at Panhellenic and then Casey's like, I heard Ashley taught you what sisterhood means. Um, oh, and then Franny's like, well, Ashley gave me a way out of that hot, icky mess. And that's the first time we've heard her refer to the eye caps as the ickies, mm-hmm. which Casey also takes note of. And she says, like, Franny pretty much admits to Casey that she was fed up with the ickies anyway. And she's like, Joan's pot dealing was just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> and... She also says some really negative things about the pledges that I'm not sure I want to repeat. Yeah, uh, it was gross. Yeah, but basically she's just like, I'm ending this experiment in one fail swoop. Yeah. Yeah. And she she then says, like, maybe you can let some of the girls back who were ZBZs because they maybe were coerced into joining Icky. <laughs> <laughs> and she says Beth is innocent by reason of stupidity. Which honestly, 
after seeing her with that muffin i'm like yeah let her back i don't even know she's in a different sorority yeah and then she also tells (laughs) casey that she's leaving for real and then casey like for a second i feel like doesn't take this seriously she's like like you're leaving well because also it's like she's like yeah i finished up my classes and it's like we're in the middle of a semester oh yeah it's very no she says she says i'm finishing up my classes and hitting the road yeah and she's like we we both knew this place was too small time for me anyway which true and she tips the little hat on her head and she tips the little hat and she casey says you'll be missed and franny goes she like takes a moment and this is where my heart started to break. Yeah. She goes, I know. Right. And then sweet disposition. Mm. I got chills. I'm getting chills again. Also, (sighs) I loved this wrap up for Franny. I thought she got like great redemption. She didn't leave a total villain, but still didn't leave like trying to be a hero. She's just like, uh, I'm better than this, which is the perfect way for her to move on without blowing up everybody's lives. And I just thought it was like, oh, so, and you know, she wanted to go say goodbye to Casey because they are two, I mean, dare I say peas in a pod. Twin flames. I was going to say twin flames. They're twin flames. Yeah, they are. I was getting, I think this is where I really started to get teary because the beginning of Sweet Disposition 2 is like, has such a haunting, like, um it it like gives me an emotional reaction even thinking about it yeah it was so good and I I think honestly like for any kind of ends where she started the show but she has a little bit more empathy like she has now kind of been through something and seen how the other half can live and put herself like seen how bad like her ego can get her in trouble and she's done a little bit of self-reflection like she's not necessarily a better person like I'm sure she'll go on to terrorize other people's lives but she's learned a little bit so she might do it better next time (laughs) and I will say her work ethic unmatched her dedication to making something work the girl has drive like yeah because genuinely tried she pulled out all the stops she put her personal life on the line she put her relationship on the line she did everything to try and make that house successful yeah and, and she, in a way she, she really did yeah yeah she actually did i mean they were popular they you know she was carrying them on her back like the fact that they were like all kind of degenerates and yet they like had that like awesome float and stuff like she was putting in the time mm-hmm. and the money that i'm sure work. I'm sure she went on to be the very scary boss of several interns. Yeah, she basically started a business slash cult, like, yes. a really short amount of time. And that's impressive. Yeah, but it is. I'm sad to see her go. Like, I, I, I was really appreciative that they even gave her that moment because you can see the yeah. shift in her face, too, where, like, she takes in the ZBZ house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. it's that feeling where you leave college, where you're like sad but you're also totally okay with it yeah Yeah. she I I really liked this ending for her and honestly like we were saying kind of like a couple episodes ago Franny was a little bit in her flop era and I think it was time for her to go like she had outgrown this and it's really the it's a great closing line you'll be missed I know right yeah perfect for her it's I know so now so sweet disposition is still playing and we get this really cute little scene with Fisher and Ashley and Fisher's telling Ashley, so 
My heart's beating so fast. Fair. Honestly, like I I rewatched this ending again today just because I wanted to like experience it again. <laughs> so the party's happening and Fisher tells Ashley, he's like, I heard a rumor that you knocked Franny out. Like you kicked her in the face or something. Roundhouse kicked her. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I need to stop bragging while I'm drinking. Yeah. And he says like, I can't wait to find out what the new Ashley is going to do next. And she goes, I think you're about to find out. And he also says he's really proud of her. And, and they she, kiss. She says, I'm proud of me too. It's so cute. And they're We're kiss- proud of her. Their kiss has so much chemistry as always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we cut to Cappy. He's sitting on the roof and um, he's kind of just like thinking and he's by moping. himself. He's moping. Ashley crawls out of the window and comes to sit next to him. And she is such a good friend. Like just hand. She really is. And so she tells Kate, she tells Cappy that Casey broke up with Max and that it was because of him. It was because of Cappy. And she basically says, like, Casey's going to continue to break up with the next guy and the guy after that for you, Cappy. Yeah, because you're the one she's supposed to be with. Yeah. And then after she says that, Beaver, so this is happening on the roof. Beaver is down below and he starts the end of the world countdown and they start with 10. And by the time, like, they start counting down, Ashley says, it's the end of the world, Cappy. What are you going to do? Oh, I had chills. I have them again. And it fades to black. It fades to black on Cappy's face. And like, you can just see like, it's such good acting. You can see in his face, like he is making a decision and we're like, what is going to happen next? They really Uh, are a group of like good actors. Like for this being like a, you know, a teen show and like on ABC family, like they really are a group of like very talented actors. And like they, the writing is really good. And like- it really did feel like a, an 80s movie. Like, I love it. And, yeah, I was so sad. Like, when I texted you both, like, and I came out and my roommate was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm just so sad. I just finished season two and I feel, like, so connected to the show. I know. Yeah. I'm, like, scared what's going to happen when we get to the series finale. Oh, I'm, I might have a tier 12. I might have a tier two. I, I almost have a tier now. Um, I didn't even think about it. How long do you think it'll take before Rusty makes Casey breaking up with Max all about him? Oh my God. (laughs) Five minutes into the next episode. I think it'll be the second scene. Yeah. Come on, give your prediction. (laughs) Gonna go listen to Sweet Disposition now on repeat. Yeah, I think uh, if Cappy and Casey get back together, the second that Rusty finds out, he's gonna like somehow run to Casey and yell at her about max yeah we lost like two characters basically this episode two big players big players yeah really big players is like max has been around for over a season now yeah he's been around for a season and franny's been around since the beginning like the show opens with like well it opens with casey and ashley but like immediately after you you meet franny i am really curious if that was always the plan for franny because it did feel pretty sudden didn't it Oh, I didn't think so. Oh, I like I I was a little shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, she's leaving. Well, she I was always it, older. I think it makes sense yeah. for her to leave on the finale, but I agree that in the sense that it's the middle of the semester is like awkward feeling. Right, right. 
Well, that it's just the timing of the show is always so weird. Like the way that they line up the finales and stuff with the timing of the semester is always bizarre. Yeah, but I mean, I guess they're yeah. only in college so long. Yeah, but they'll be coming back and it will be the middle of first semester of of senior year. Like they haven't even had finals yet. Does yeah. Franny come back at all or is this then? No, she's done. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't want to miss her. I don't think we see Max again either. I think we just see like I'm gonna miss Max too. Yeah, I know. But you know what? Honestly, hopefully he, I don't remember really what happens to him. Um, I think he like we'll find out, but like I think he course cracks and like is able to like follow his true destiny, you know. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, winners. I can't say Ashley for the third straight week, so I'll say Calvin. Oh, I'm saying Ashley. She and I'm I'm giving her the win. This yeah, of course. Week. I mean, I would give it to her, but I've literally given it to her the last two weeks. So I know I'll just and close we, mine. We saw so much growth from her this whole mm-hmm. season, which we've been waiting for. And like, I'm just, I didn't give her my winner last week either. So mm-hmm. she really. I mean, I loved her development this season. Yeah. She did a great job. She stayed true to herself. She grew. She did what was best for the house and the people she loved. Uh, I just, winner. She's a great president. Mm-hmm. Really great president. I'm going to give it to Franny only because it's the last time I'll ever be able to do that. And yeah. because I do think, like we said, she she ended on a really strong note and she mm-hmm. saved Ashley, essentially. Yeah. Well, she yeah. also got her in trouble but yeah <laughs> she changed her mind we'll say that and I think you know yeah she, she did the right thing she redeemed herself as much as she could in ter- in Franny terms she won <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly we measure her on a different scale yeah <laughs> losers losers I mean Max big yeah. big time <laughs> Max, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out he was at the CRU hospital for alcohol poisoning (laughs) after this. That was not a good, not a good time for Max. Yeah, I'm going to say Rusty because like, dude, you got a second chance and you blew it for a party. Like, that's just dumb. Yeah, that's fair. He's acting a fool. Fair. Maybe he wants to be a technician. (laughs) Maybe. I just think he's so insecure with his relationship with Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I And I think he also got caught up in the brotherhood of, like, the end of the yeah. world. We're treating it like the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, okay, fair. Like, you're in college, and, you know, I get that. But also, he did get a D. Yeah. It's not like he's, yeah, it's not like he's trying to bring the grade up from a C or something just to, like, get a little bit better. Like, you're not passing. Yeah. I'm going to go Sheila is my loser. I mean, Ooh, yeah. She's, she's funny, but I do think she she doesn't respect Dale's boundaries. No. And also, she is a fully grown adult who is, like, working at a real estate company, going to a frat party. Yeah, she, she scares me. She boob Sunday. <laughs> yeah. No, she really scares me. Also, Dale explicitly says no multiple times, and she just doesn't care. It was very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What a fun episode, though. Wow. We did it, you guys. Another season flew by. This flew. I know. Really, though. It's 22 episodes. That's 22 weeks. Mm -hmm. Plus, we took a couple weeks off in the middle. I know. It does feel like the first episode of this season was so long ago. Like, remember the Greek Olympics? Gosh, yeah. When when did we film that? 
I think that would have been in like September. Yeah. Wait, was that the one where Evan paid the guy not to flirt with Casey? I think so. I think it was six months ago. Oh, no, 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 no. He was dating Franny. Oh, that was the um, Greek week. Yeah. Okay, right. The Greek Olympics one was like the opening ceremonies where like Franny made out in front of Casey. And then Let's Make a Deal was right after, I think. Or was it right after Rebecca left for the Icky House? Wait, yeah, this season doesn't... (laughs) This season... Wait, this season I have all my notes right here. I don't know why. I have 83 pages of notes for season two. Let me go up to page one and see what we're working with. Uh, Greek week at CRU. They're not going to give up their trophy. Yeah, we started with... Brothers and sisters is the beginning of season two. And it is Greek week. Rebecca is continuing to lash out about her damaged relationships with her sisters and ZBZ. Oh, so she's still dating Cappy at this point, I think. Yeah. And then because... Because the third episode was the the poker night one, and Rebecca and Cappy were dating then, right? And that is where we meet Max for the first time. Oh my god, yeah! And this is the one where Rebecca gets drunk in the fountain. Yes, yeah. No, she's wow. just having fun in the fountain. That's what Thomas thought. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was like six months ago. That's crazy wow oh and it was with how they all had the same dance routine like the jazz hands yes wow oh my god wow that was that that really was a long time ago yeah wow that was really fun i i loved this season it's so good to like see the show like really come into its own you know you can tell like everybody has their characters down Mm -hmm. just it got really great I love season two. Me too. Loved it. Well, thanks thanks for for joining joining us on on this fun downtown memory lane. Don't forget to tune in next week. Special guests going to be so fun.